and welcome back to On the Way Back, a podcast where two hometown friends talk about their experiences in colleges on opposite sides of the nation. I'm Woody, and I'm here today with my co-host and friend Charlie Steele. Charlie, how are you doing today, man? You know, Woody, I'm I'm living. Obviously, still feel cooped up. You know, we talk about it all the time, everything going on, but I'm yeah. doing good. I'm pumped for this episode. Um, it's it's going to be a bit of a special one, kind of a new thing's getting thrown at the listeners, and so I'm excited for it. Yeah, Charlie, you know, I, I love doing this pod with you, man, and we have so much fun with it. But today I'm excited to announce that we have our first guest with us on the podcast. You all know him. He's an on-air personality and producer on the nationally syndicated morning show, The Burt Show, and the host of the critically acclaimed Lunch Break with Blake. He's a storyteller, an entertainer, and just an all-around good guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Blake Eason. Blake, thanks so much for being here. Man, super glad to be here. Can we just talk about that intro for a second? I mean, you made me sound like <laughs> 10 times cooler than I actually am. <laughs> it's true, man. Lunch break with Blake. Like, <laughs> get that get that on cable. Hey, critically acclaimed, right? <laughs> Love that show. Yeah, we actually had to stop uh, stop doing that one just for, for a brief moment, obviously, with, with everything kind of going on. But uh, right. the show, what he's referring to is like, basically, I just, I literally, it's quite simple, honestly. I just try foods <laughs> that I've never tried before and uh, they're they're really normal and most likely they're foods that you have you have tried before it just really goes to show that I have a extreme lack of diversity in my food choices but it's been a lot of fun <laughs> well you know what I was I was watching some of the episodes um, the other day and you you have a couple where you try those like juice shots I know yes. you did one with um what'd you do you did like a ginger shot once and you did like ginger a, i think i did like a turmeric i hope i'm yeah, saying that turmeric. correctly uh yeah i did a few of those and those actually have like stuck a lot of people have like left in the comments like uh have have any of these foods stuck does he like actually implement any of these foods now into his like normal you know eating habits or does he buy them when he goes to the grocery store and yes believe it or not there are some that have stuck the main one that i love the most is hummus i had never tried hummus before uh trying it on on the show and i get spicy hummus from trader joe's like it's my favorite it's so good that's that's awesome i I, and i bring that up because charlie and i we uh we did this thing last summer i guess where we went around (laughs) And uh, <laughs> it started on Charlie's Instagram, just random well, yeah, Instagram yeah, lives, yeah. right, Charlie? Food I used reviews to, with Charlie. <laughs> like, I don't know, junior or senior year of high school, I used to just like, if we were at a restaurant, I would get on Instagram live and eat <laughs> <laughs> and tell people how it was. And so then that evolved to like, made a couple of videos. There's one on YouTube um, or two. Woody, how many food reviews? No, there's one on YouTube of us eating pad thai. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Wait, this actually sounds like a great concept. You just kind of go live wherever you are and whatever you're eating, you just talk about it. Is am I following? Yeah, just talk about it. Yeah. And then and then at the end we have a food rating system and it's not like numbers or stars. It is how long would you wait for that food? That is a and great so, way to judge on how good you know a meal is because obviously there are places that i'll go to now and if the line is wrapped around the building absolutely not i'm out if i yeah i'm not gonna say any of any of the names because I, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to, i was about to i was about to do it and i was like nope nope not gonna do that yeah but you know, totally that that is a great way to judge and i might need to steal that and implement it in my life because go for it that says for a sure, lot man. about how good something is so yeah, let me I'm, ask let me ask you a question how long Chick-fil-A. How long are you willing to wait for Chick-fil-A? 
Well, the see, okay, so the great thing about Chick Fil A is it it's quick, you know, exactly. And so I've never been put in a position. Oh, but okay. I would probably say honestly, until I get upset, fifteen minutes. If they're on a big rush and I get to fifteen, that's when I'm gonna be like, okay, where's my food? Right, and let's be honest. I mean, I'm I'm sure we might get to that fifteen mark if they're busy, but I don't think I've ever waited longer than nope. fifteen minutes at Chick Fil A. No, me neither. No the best i mean i've i've walked into a chick-fil-a that's just like completely packed there's one right by campus at usc that's the only one for miles and so everyone goes to that one and they still get food out like it's it's insane what they do i wish i could say the same about the chick-fil-a that was on campus at my college it was a disaster it was right in the middle of the food court and it i mean it was just everyone loved it i mean granted they did the best that they could but there wasn't like much of like a waiting area so they're like yelling out numbers and it's just Mm -hmm. so it was it was a lot happening but you know they're they're doing great business so i guess they're doing something right i i genuinely think the one on our campus only gets people because they take like your campus money because everybody prefers, like we all, n- no offense, but we all talk bad about the Chick-fil-A Express on campus. And like oh, we all man. would rather go <laughs> off campus to get Chick-fil-A because it's just better. Oh, man. I feel like that's a common like conversation that I hear about mm-hmm. the Chick-fil-A's on campus. And, and I think ours did the same thing too. So that could have also been a reason why it was packed all the time. For sure. Now, Blake, Charlie and I both know you from a summer camp that we've been to with our youth group, both as students and as leaders, where we kind of got to see firsthand your ability to to not only host, but also tell a story. And here at On The Way Back, we're all about sharing stories. So we're, we're excited to hear a little more about yours. And for our listeners who might not know who you are, uh, we wanted to let you share a little bit about yourself just right off the bat in a new segment we're calling Quick Takes. Charlie, do you want to introduce that? Yeah, so uh, quick takes. It's just this this new um, segment we have. We're just going to rattle off, just have a few questions, um, like this or that questions, that we just want to rattle off to Blake um, and see what he prefers um, and maybe talk about it a little bit. I love it. I love these kind of things. These get me super excited. I'm ready for the test. <laughs> okay, it's good, let's good, go. Good. All right, so first question, pretty basic. Tie or bow tie? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Uh, wait, do I have to answer them like really fast, or can I explain my answer? You can explain. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Because I you have to give me full directions. Because if not, I'm gonna totally we're gonna talk about okay. these for really long. I'll try to make it quick. Uh, okay, fun fact. I don't know how to tie a tie. Every time I try to tie a tie, I go to YouTube, watch the same tutorial, never okay. have figured it out. Maybe that's something I should probably master while in quarantine. But uh, we'll save that for another day. So I'm gonna go with bow tie for sure bow tie okay. and you're gonna hate me when i say this but i actually have clip-on bow ties and they're kind Ooh, of oh game-changing. blake i know oh. i know i know and i even have ties that are already pre-tied last time i went to the store and i, I mean and i had to have a tie for like a an outing or something i i asked the lady that was ringing up the tie to tie it <laughs> no <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but I do give myself an A plus for efficiency because we knocked it out right there in the store. There wow. You go. Okay. There you go. All right. So, so next question. I feel like this one might take some explaining. Atlanta or Los Angeles? Okay, that's actually an easy answer. It's Atlanta, but I okay. realize for the career that I'm pursuing, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have to go to LA at some point. I believe I will mm-hmm. most likely be in Los Angeles. This is like halfway me speaking it into existence. Halfway. Like trying to convince myself that it's actually going to happen. I think I'll probably be in Los Angeles by 
by August of this year. Um, that's, I know that's, that's kind of, that's kind of soon. It kind of, I'm, I'm starting to say it out loud just because, you know, I want to, I want to try to get in the habit of that. But then again, I don't know how, how soon it would be, but I recognized, you know, obviously for the career, I want to, you know, go into entertainment news, covering like red carpets, doing TV hosting, things of that nature. And I just don't believe Atlanta has a scene for that just yet. I mean, I definitely think our, our, the movie industry here is rising and, you know, Atlanta's doing some amazing things, but we just don't have that um, specific of the entertainment scene here yet. So the goal is always go to LA, do what I need to do out there, you know, get reps in, um, hopefully make connections and, you know, continue to take the next step in my career, but to always, always, always come back to Atlanta. The dream is to, you know, one day in maybe 10 years, 20 years, something like that, like Atlanta will be home. And um, yeah, I mean, Atlanta's, Atlanta's everything. This is, this is, this is the place. I mean, we, we have it all, but you know, I recognize that for a career move, you kind of have to move sometimes. So yeah, Atlanta forever, but I will be in LA at some point. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, Goodness. I, I talked say... so much about a quick take. These are not quick takes. These are slow <laughs> no, takes good, good. with Love Blake. Okay. This Name this one slow takes with slow Blake. Takes. Goodness gracious. It doesn't, you know, Atlanta's great. It doesn't hold anything to Birmingham, but we can, that's a totally discussion for another day. Dude, uh, next, I love Birmingham. Birmingham's awesome. I went there for like a weekend you, trip. Really? Yes. I went there. Um, the radio station that I worked for, they, you know, they, I, I, one of the storylines that we were doing was I went to Birmingham on a solo trip and it was, it was amazing. What's okay. the name of the coffee shop? That's like on every corner there. There's a coffee uh, shop. Red Cat? Birmingham. Wait, say it again. Oh, it might be Red Cat. Red Cat? Boom. That's the one. Yep. I ate it. And then there was a place, uh, the Melt. Is that, is that one? Oh, Melt. Oh, yeah. That was good. Uh, there's, an, there's like, um, I'm trying to think where else did I, I ate a lot of good food there. Yeah, we um, have good food. There's it, a lot I mean, of it was incredible. It, it was, it was awesome. I, I was there for a weekend by myself. So just did full on uh, Vulcan Park. Am I saying that yeah. correctly? Yeah. yeah, yeah wow. Yeah. You hit everything. Dude, I, uh, <laughs> I did. I did. Let me, hold on. Let me, I want to go to my Instagram really quickly. And, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm proud of this because I get, I can tell you all about Birmingham. Hold on one second. That's, this is how proud I am. Let me see. While, while you do that, while you do that, can I just say as the only person here who's lived in both LA, Birmingham and Atlanta, let me give you the, let me give you the, the power rankings right now. All right. Number one, let me hear it. And this might upset some of our viewers. This Charlie, this is going to upset you. Number one, yeah. Atlanta. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Number two, Birmingham <laughs> and number three LA because you know what LA is a great city there's so much opportunity it's it's fantastic but I've always told people that after I graduate maybe I'll stay there for a couple years or whatever but um I just I can't see myself living there for like long term um and I love Atlanta man and Birmingham but totally I I, I agree with that I mean I just think I've, I've visited LA multiple times. I mean, I've been out there like for just a birthday weekend. I've been out there for business and I mean, LA's awesome. I mean, let's be honest, the weather's incredible. I mean, you have yeah. the beach, you have the mountains, you have hiking, you have, you know, you can drive up to Malibu and, you know, mm-hmm. eat a nice dinner overlooking, you know, the ocean, all that's fantastic. But the culture and the hospitality of the South is just something that you, right. you do not find in LA mm-hmm. at exactly. all at all. Um, exactly. Speaking of it, Birmingham, I'm, I'm, I'm so, you know, interested to hear how Birmingham ranked above LA because I think you might actually be onto something there, but I'll, I'll let you know after I spend you know, a little bit longer time in LA. Let me see. Okay. So I went to the Sloss, uh, Sloss Furnaces. Yeah, yes. 
boom. Uh, dude, funny story about that. I went there. Keep in mind, I'm by myself this entire trip. So it was, it was kind of a feat for me to even, you know, drive there, be alone in an Airbnb. Dude, I couldn't do anything. Like I literally, the, the purpose of the storyline was for me to not meet anybody, just to see if I'm an extrovert. So to see if an extrovert could survive in a new city by himself and just explore on my own. And yeah. so I walked to the Sloss Furtis and I thought I heard rumors that it was haunted and mm -hmm. I'm like walking through it and I get all the way to the very beginning of it. And I literally walk back to my car because I just, I couldn't walk <laughs> through it because I was just so terrified. No, and then I sat in my car, spooky. I sat in my car and I thought, this is going to be horrible. There's no way I'm going to be able to ever tell anybody that this happened <laughs> if I don't get through this thing. So I got out of my car and I went back through it and I'm really happy that I did, but it was very creepy because nobody was there yeah. and it was kind of yeah. like uh, overcast in the sky. And so it was yeah. kind of dark outside. The mood was already right. It was interesting, but it was a really cool place. Where else did I go? I told you about Vulcan Park. Um, there's like a railroad park. Is, it, is that yeah. worse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Boom. That place was awesome. That place was really cool. That Got coffee cool. over there. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's a few more places, but I, I can't really remember them. Anyways, you get the idea. Birmingham's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Slow takes with Blake, baby. Let's <laughs> keep this thing going. <laughs> One of my favorite things about Birmingham is like, I've never thought it's like, you know, like at all a big city. But I, since I go to school in Mississippi, all the all my Mississippi friends were like, Birmingham, the big place. And it's funny <laughs> to me. And I, I love them to death, but that's how they treat it. It's awesome. I was surprised. Right, next it, was, question. it was way more of a city than I, than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, it was awesome. It is. All right. So Spotify or Apple Music? Definitely Spotify. I mean, the curated yes. playlists yes. on Spotify are amazing. Exactly. But I will say this. Um, Apple Music is awesome, too. I just I have Spotify at the moment, but what I love so much about Apple Music is they have like a video series with like Zane Lowe um, on YouTube. Zane Lowe is like an incredible interviewer. I would highly encourage you to check him out. So I do think that you know we're going to see Apple Music continue to challenge Spotify in the okay. in coming coming years for sure. Right now, I just have Spotify. All right, stay on the music theme: pop or country? Pop by far. Yeah. By far, yeah. but I have increased my country music taste over the years. I love Luke Combs. I like Brett Young. Who else do I like? Um, I forget their names, but even just me increased. knowing those two is, is, is yeah. impressive. <laughs> I would have just said Luke Bryan a year ago. And, and Blake, you had a short, short-lived career in the music industry, right? <laughs> that I did, 100%. Oh, man, would you like for me to expand on that? I mean, you could tell our listeners where they could find you. Are you still, you're still on platforms? They can still find your music? There is right. like, I think like maybe one or two songs still living out there. A lot of the stuff uh, has been taken down and placed in the archives exactly where it belongs. That's just fond, <laughs> fond memory. Uh, but yeah, no, when I was in high school, I, if you would have asked me, I would have told you I was going to be a rapper. And it was just quite a, quite a comical run. If, if I do say so myself, um, but had a lot of fun, recorded some songs. And um, if you do choose to look one up, I would, I would highly suggest you look up every night. That's, that's the best one. Every night. Okay. You heard it here first. If, all right. And then the last question we have for you, Marvel or DC? Okay. So this is going to make, this is going to be controversial because oh, no. I actually don't watch much of either. Okay. Oh, Blake. I know, I know. But my friends told me the other day. Now, does Iron Man belong? Iron Man belongs to Marvel, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna go Marvel because okay. I love Iron All Man. Right. Iron, my, Iron Man's awesome. 
he like kind of carried the the Marvel franchise. A lot of people think that his movies um are like what jump started the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Charlie, don't give me that look. You know it's he jumped, true. No, he jump started, but I don't know if he carried it by himself. But this isn't a discussion we need to have right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. I think I just watched that one on when I was young, and then like after that, the releases that came after it, I just I just wasn't really invested in because I yeah. did love Iron Man. It was awesome. Yeah. That's my that's my go to whenever I'm on the plane, like whenever I'm flying uh, to LA or back. That's my yeah. go to movie because it's always there. Iron Man one. I didn't want to go down this road, but you just mentioned LA, so I got to read. I got to tell you tell you this story because um, you know this is slow takes so like uh, right. <laughs> completely renamed this segment on the podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, basically this is I was in LA. We went to LA um, in April, April of last year, and we flew in, and we were like guys, let's go to the movies tonight. So we went to the movies and it was a Marvel movie. We went to this theater, downtown LA. Maybe you know which one it is. I think it was like in the LA Live area, downtown Oh, yeah, LA. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, the seats like were awesome. They reclined. There was like water that shot out at you. There was like, mm-hmm. um, like wind whenever something crazy happened in the movie. Then the chairs would shake when something crazy yeah. was also happening in the movie. So we were like, oh, great, Marvel movie. This is, aw- this is gonna be awesome. And <laughs> keep in mind, we flew in that day. There's a lot. There's a big time difference from Atlanta to LA. The flight was long. Obviously, any day of travel is tiring and exhausting, and so probably was not the best decision to go to LA and you know first night watch a movie. I fell asleep during the movie one, and I remember I was getting so frustrated because every time something crazy would happen, my entire chair would rattle, and I would sleep for like five minutes, and then wake up and water would be on my face, or like oh, you know, man. or air would hit me somewhere. So it was it was it was crazy. Um, anyways, yeah, so that is the situation of Marvel and me. <laughs> Ever since then, you've just had a, you've just had a vendetta against it's Marvel for, for ruining your, ruining your nap. I'm ruining my nap in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. So that was, uh, slow takes with, with, Blake. sorry about that. I'll be quicker. <laughs> no, no, no. It was great. Um, but next we kind of want to, we want to go into our next segment, uh, that we like to call on my mind. And so this is just a segment basically where we kind of talk about the things that, as the title suggests, have been on our mind for the past uh, week or so. And so I'm going to kick us off. Um, I just want to talk about, okay, so I've never owned a pair of Allbirds, the shoes, but they fascinate me and they're coming out with new running shoes. And I'm not like a super big runner but like I do run and I really want to try these out and see if they work and I love them they look great and I want a pair and that's that's it's been Can I just on say, my mind Charlie yeah. if you buy a pair I will get a pair with you because literally maybe 30 minutes ago I was scrolling through my Instagram and an ad for the Allbirds what are, what are they called their new running shoes I think the Tree Dashers something like yeah they had a weird name like that yeah 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 but I I've wanted a pair before they even released those. They're like super, I'm a minimalist guy and they're super minimal, super yes, clean. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Super clean. Uh, they, they pop up all the time on my Instagram. I've been very close. I think I've even added them to my cart once. I just never actually purchased them. <laughs> uh, but we all know after this podcast is over with, we're all going to have the ad popping let's up. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, yes, everywhere. Because of the fact that we're talking about it now. I'll have to check out the running ones. I haven't seen those yet. And I, and I, like, I am so close. They're 125. Actually, I read one article where they were like 225, and I was like, if that's the case, I won't buy those. But I'm really debating it, and they have this one pair that they call Geyser, 
that's the color. And if y'all go look up Geyser, it's might be the prettiest shoe I've ever seen in my life. And so I'm going to look it up as soon as this interview ends and I will, I will follow up with you and let you know my thoughts. Blake, do you want to, do you want to share what's been on your mind? Yeah. Um, well, it's, uh, it was probably today. Uh, Drake released a new mixtape last night and, um, you know, I think that this is what I've been thinking about a lot. Do you guys okay. listen to Drake? A little bit uh, here and there. Okay. Drake's my favorite rapper. One of okay. my favorite artists. And he released a mixtape last night, midnight came out today, obviously. And it was a lot of the records that like either, either were previously released or they had been leaked online or something like that. And he gave right. us a mixtape, 14 song mixtape, right? Drake doesn't do that. He's at the level in his career where he doesn't have to give out mixtapes because right. he's, he's Drake. He can, he can drop an album mm -hmm. once every three years and still remain relevant because of what he's built, right? Mm -hmm. But, and then he also announced that album six is coming out this summer. Six is very um, influential for where he's from and Canada mm -hmm. and, you know, everything like that. And I've been thinking about it with my friends, talking about it with my friends. I think this is going to be Drake's last album as a rapper. Oh, no. oh, no. I think he's hanging it up after this. I really do think that this will be his farewell album. I don't even think he's going to tour this album. I think he's going to drop it and then maybe tour later. But I do think after album number six, it's going to be a long, long time before we hear from Drake again. Now, obviously, I, I think he'll come back with music, you know, you know, in the years to come. But At in terms point. of just staying, you know, on features and consistently in the studio with artists and, you know, every single, you know, it seems like now either like we go like maybe three to six months and we get a Drake song or a Drake feature or, you know, right. something on SoundCloud. But I really think after album six, we'll probably, it'll probably move to more of a yearly basis that we hear from him, kind of how, you know, the Jay-Z's and the Kanye's and the, mm -hmm. you know, the other greats in hip hop. So it's kind of what I've been thinking about. And I don't really know how to process it because I'm like, is, is this it, you know, like, cause this will be the yeah. first artist that I think I've, you know, in my, you know, in my time, you know, on this earth of following an artist from beginning to the end. But I mean, I've been following Drake for the past 10 years. So this could well, this could very well be his, be wow. the end, you know, for wow. him, which is, which is crazy. What do you guys think? Well, I don't follow too closely, but if he was gonna, if he was gonna have kind of a farewell album, I think it, it'd be cool that he did it with this six one. Kind of a, I don't know. There's like a poetic, there's a poetic way about it. It's like a little nod of the hat back to his roots. Yep. And um, he's a pretty old guy, right? I yeah. Mean, yes. I mean, I mean, he's not like old, old, but he's been in the game for a really right. long time. And then you know, yeah, I think there were several things that hinted towards it. I mean, he did a full, he did a full sit down interview, like a full in depth interview back uh, at the end of 2019, where he recapped his 10 year run in the mm. industry. And Drake does not do sit down interviews. So I thought that was interesting. And then uh, it, obviously it was, he's been building a house in Canada for the past like five years, I think. And it's called, um, gosh, what's the name of it? The, not the mansion. Um, the embassy, that's what it's called. The embassy. Like he, he's wow. literally called oh, his house cool. in Canada, the embassy. <laughs> And um, a lot of the photos of the house have like leaked online. And then he's, he shot the music video to one of his recent songs there. And then Architectural Digest, I think is the name of the, the brand, came yeah. and did like a full spread on his home. And I just thought, this is it. You know, he's, he's showing us what he's, you know, been able to, you know, obtain in his career. And right. this is, this is the end of the end. Wow. But what a great run. But definitely, definitely going to be sad. And he'll, yeah. and I'm sure he'll stay. He's so culturally relevant and so many other things too. 
that you can't he won't just be taken out of anything totally yeah no no i think he'll i think he'll definitely you know still be around but yeah not as consistent as he is now yeah well that's that's i hadn't heard that so that's very interesting um something that's been on my mind recently just off the top of my head i guess i I mentioned this earlier but um today's my last day of classes like after i hop off this podcast i'll be i'll be tuning in via zoom to uh my last class and i know that we charlie and i we've talked about this pretty extensively on the podcast like zoom and all that but it kind of hit me yesterday because i was in one of my classes and it's a it's a relatively upper level class and so we have a good number of seniors there and they're just like guys like this is it this is my last class at usc and they're having to do it online um via zoom and it, i guess it hadn't really hit me until then that like this is really an unfortunate situation for a lot of yeah. them um, and some of them couldn't even make it because some of them are you know like in china and it's like 3 a.m or whatever but um i don't know i i just want to pay a little pay my respects i guess to the <laughs> to the seniors who may be who may be listening whether they're in yeah. high school uh or college um i know this is kind of the the time of the year when when uh school's coming to a close so yeah i mean i I, I couldn't imagine i i got i mean i, I just think i i'm so, i have so much to be grateful for because i graduated in december i was supposed to graduate yeah. you know in may of this year oh, well. just because uh, I thought that was just kind of the plan that I was on. But then when my advisor was like, hey, if you take, you know, two or three summer classes, you'll graduate a semester early. And I thought, why not? I'm not doing anything else. So I took summer classes and I was able to graduate early. And, you know, I just, it's so crazy because I could have so much been a part of, you know, seniors who are graduating without having, you know, commencement and, you know, being able Mm -hmm. to be in class. But I think even more than that, my heart definitely breaks for like high school seniors who, you know, yeah. don't get the final three months of high school when those are like literally yeah. the best months of the high school career. Like I jokingly say that I peaked in high school. Like my life has been a downhill decline <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. since, since senior year of high school. It was, I mean, it, cause yeah. it was just so much fun and you know, your, your friends are all there and everybody's about to go to, you know, their separate ways, whether, you know, to whatever college they're going to. And so I really hope that, you know, places around the country can find ways to honor the high school seniors just because yeah. I mean it's a it's a it's a crazy accomplishment and for it to not you know be recognized would be a huge miss I think yeah and I, I was listening to another podcast actually and they were kind of talking about this topic and um, when I really started thinking about it like high school graduation you've been around those kids some of them since like preschool I know yeah. at my graduation I'd known some kids for maybe like 13 years and like college graduation is obviously a big deal too. Like, you, you know, these are the people that you experience these um, like big four years of your life with. But I feel like high school graduation is almost even more uh, of like an emotional moment uh, right before more. like a, a big yeah. turning point in your life. Um, so, yeah, that I hope that our local schools can figure something out. Uh, I know that they're trying to work on something uh, as we speak, but it's just an unfortunate situation. But with that, uh, on on that happy happy note, I'd like to jump into our <laughs> jump jump into our interview uh, segment with Blake, um, and we've got some questions prepared. Uh, like I said earlier, we're we're excited to hear a little bit more about your story. Um, I think you've got an awesome story, man. And uh, just talking with you a little bit over the past uh, few months, um, it's something that I'd love to share with our listeners. So, Charlie, do you want to kick us off with the first yeah, question? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Basically, you know, the whole kind of 
idea Woody and I had for this podcast was, you know, I go to Mississippi State and he goes to Southern California and it's like very different perspectives and college experiences. Um, and we just um, kind of have talked about like how we got to school, what it was like when we first got to our schools. And so um, if I'm not wrong, you went to Kennesaw State, correct? Yes, Kennesaw yeah. State. Go Owls. Go Owls. Go Owls. So we were just uh, <laughs> kind of wanted to know like how you got to Kennesaw State, your story of how that was like the school you chose, how you ended up there. And yeah, if you just talk on that. Totally. Yeah. So I, I went to Kennesaw State and the reason why I went there is actually quite simple. All my friends were going to University of Georgia. And so that was just kind of really a lot of the high schools, just, you know, a lot of people ended up going to the University of Georgia. And yeah. I was like, okay, great. I'll just apply to go to the University of Georgia and it'll be great. And I'll follow my friends there and life will be awesome. And then I met with my academic advisor and she was just like, hey, I really do think you should just not even apply just to save your money on the application because there's no way with your GPA, you're ever going to even get a look at the University of Georgia. So I'm so grateful for her honesty. It it totally caught me off guard, but uh, it saved me a couple, a couple bucks because I I just didn't even apply just because my GPA was really low in high school. I didn't really take high school serious until my senior year, which if you know how GPA calculations work, you can't really do that. So you kind of have to be taking it serious (laughs) the whole way through. (laughs) And uh, so anyways, I was like, well, I need to figure out what's next. I uh, was involved in theater. And so I considered Columbus State, which was, uh, they have a really good theater program there. And I was considering Georgia State, which was downtown Atlanta. And then I also considered Kennesaw, which was a little bit, a little bit north of Atlanta, but not too far from the city. And so yep. I went and uh, Kennesaw was actually the first place I got accepted to. I also got accepted to Columbus State. So kind of was between those two. And then here we go again with the GPA. I got accepted to Georgia State, but they wanted to put me on some type of remedial program just to make sure that I was ready for the college lifestyle. And to be honest, that took a shot at my pride and it was kind of insulting. And so uh, narrowed it down to between Kennesaw and Columbus. And then I knew theater was not something that I was going to continue to do, you know, after after college in, well, excuse me, after high school. So landed on Kennesaw. It was, you know, just far enough out of Atlanta where I wasn't in the city. Um, but then again, you know, not too far if I wanted to go there. And so ended up going to Kennesaw and uh, lived on campus my first year. And then I um, moved off campus after that. And I had a really great time there. I mean, Kennesaw was awesome. It's very much a commuter school. So there are way more people that attend, you know, online and then, you know, travel out of the, you know, college uh, area, you know, to go to school there. So I, I think my college experience would have been a little bit different had I went to a UGA or, you know, somewhere that was kind of a traditional college school. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful for it. I think, you know, even it took me a couple of years to decide what I wanted to do professionally. Um, but, you know, finally, when I did decide what I wanted to do, I just, it, there's so much access being close to the city of Atlanta. So on a good day, like with tra- with no traffic, you're looking at like a 20 minute drive into the city. But yeah. With traffic, I mean, it's like, you know, Atlanta traffic is kind of unpredictable, but maybe like 45 minutes. So it's, it's not, not too far. And um, a lot of things for like media and entertainment are kind of happening in the city. And so I think proximity wise, it was just a great move for that. And, you know, I, I, I found my group of friends. I got involved on campus. I did a fraternity uh, the first uh, two and a half years um, and then um, went uh, early alum with my fraternity, but took leadership positions within my fraternity and uh, had a great run with them. My fraternity introduced me to um, a nonprofit uh, on campus that I got introduced to, which was Miracle uh, Dance Marathon that 
um, yep. those group of people. And so I did that for all four years of my college experience and it was great. I mean, I have so many great friends from my fraternity and from uh, miracle that still talk to today. And, you know, I think when you go to a commuter school, you have to be way more intentional about finding your community just because it's not right. going to be so easily, you know, accessible as it would be at some type of traditional school. And so yeah. I'm really glad that I did. And, you know, I have no complaints and, um, I had a great run there, you know, I have nothing but, um, appreciation for, for my time at KSU. And if I remember correctly, you were homecoming king, right? I was homecoming king. Oh. That was kind of a nice, that was a fun way to, you know, have my farewell semester. So homecoming right. fell, obviously yeah. I graduated in December. And so it fell in October and had some friends. I was like, just see if you could, you know, maybe. And so, you know, you have to get nominated and then there's like a, several different right. rounds to it. Um, but man, it was, it was so much fun. I did not, I was on homecoming court in high school, but I didn't win in high school. Oh. So, uh, I think I had some trauma going into it yeah, from, yeah, from yeah. that defeat, <laughs> a but um, sure. came out victorious and really, really, you know, such a fun way to end. I mean, you know, aside even from winning, I yeah. think just the, the overall experience of homecoming at, at the collegiate level is just so much fun. I mean, there's a parade, there's a mm -hmm. game, and there's just, you know, events that lead up to it. And it's, it was really, really fun. I mean, really, really fun way to end my college career. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, for our listeners who maybe are, are juniors or seniors in high school, kind of goes to show you that, you know, wherever you end up, if you if you're intentional about, you know, finding people and just have a good attitude, I think you'll have a good time. Um, so, yeah. you know, don't don't stress too much about it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Totally. Great advice. I mean, that's 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 my story. And I'm sure you guys have pieces of your story that are, you know, direct reflections of that. Yeah. And kind of kind of piggybacking off that last question. Uh, in our last episode, we answered a listener question about, you know, what our most meaningful experience in college was. And I'm interested to see if you have any that, you know, come to your mind when you look back on your years at Kennesaw. Totally. So I have a couple. I mean, I'll just share maybe like two or something like that. Um, yeah. One was with, within my fraternity, I took some leadership positions in there and we did an event that spotlighted uh, human sex trafficking um, in Atlanta, obviously, you know, nationally, but specifically Atlanta because right. Atlanta is really big yeah. in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was just really cool to have like a, you know, a fraternity rally around this idea of human sex trafficking, but uh, our chapter really got behind it. And then, you know, in, in turn, the, the campus and Greek life and even people outside of Greek life got involved. And we did like this full event on the campus screen, which is kind of like the social area of campus. And uh, I thought it was just a really, really fun and cool way to kind of shine a light on something that is super significant and something that people should really know about what's happening. And so that event was really, really awesome. Obviously there was hesitations going into it as of, you know, how is it going to be received? And, you know, right. is, is this going to, you know, yeah. be something that people are going to want to support and kind of get behind just because it's kind of a taboo topic. Not many people like to talk mm -hmm. about human sex trafficking, but it's a very real thing. And so that was definitely a, a, a very memorable moment. And then obviously, you know, outside of that, any of my moments within Miracle, I mean, you're raising money for, mm -hmm. you know, hospitals all across the world who are doing incredible things, you know, obviously, you know, now we're in the middle of a global pandemic and we really right. see the, the weight and the gravity of what our healthcare workers are doing. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, I, I, Miracle it was awesome. I mean, getting a chance to be a part of Dance Marathon and raise money all year long, and then you go to a Dance Marathon event and you're like actively fundraising and dancing and they're, you're playing games for 12 hours and you're standing and yeah. your legs are tired, but you know, you're hearing family story after story as to how their life had been directly impacted by the money that college, college students are raising. And so it just is, uh, I just would encourage anybody. I mean, obviously, if you have a Miracle, you know, um, network at your school to totally get involved with that because I don't think there's any way you can go to a dance marathon and not be moved by yeah. the stories you're hearing mm -hmm. and you know um, seeing so many people rally behind you know a cause and you know trying to give towards something that is way bigger than all of us but my favorite part about Miracle was how you know no matter which Greek life organization you're involved in which student organization you're involved in everybody in that moment is, you know, all looking and looking and going towards the same thing, which I think was, you know, is, is super special. And a lot of good things have come from that. So Miracle was awesome. My fraternity was awesome. Have a lot of good memories. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, you kind of talk about Miracle and we have a dance marathon in Mississippi State. And I love like seeing how invested those people are in that organization. Uh, but it makes me think of when I was in high school, we partnered with um, it wasn't make a wish, but it was like the Alabama, like version of make a wish, like just mm -hmm. for the state. And, um, we partnered with them and got like the whole school. We supported this kid and had this huge pep rally where like, we pretended he was on the honorary baseball team and then told him he was going to Disney world, like the whole shebang. And we did like the whole pep rally thing in the competition gym and had everybody in the school, like in there with the same t-shirt on. And like, it was like a huge like rally for him. And like getting to see that, like I totally can relate to how great like that experience can make you feel and like really see a community rally around somebody. Totally. I mean, because those kids are, they just, they want, they want to feel, they want to feel like they belong. They want to be yeah. seen as, 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 as a person of value and something like, you know, they just, they, they want to be treated normal, you know? And, yeah. um, I think in moments like that, every, you know, make a wish, miracle network, all these different organizations just do a really good job at getting people to rally around that idea of, you know, just um, seeing people, you know, as how they want to be seen and, and valued and celebrated and really, really special, special thing to be a part of. Um, and so kind of going into our, our next question, when you're talking about going to Kennesaw, you mentioned how you, you know, there's a point you didn't really know, like, where your career wanted to take you and how you wanted to take that. So was there ever like a moment or a time uh, when you knew kind of the entertainment industry, like hosting, telling stories, interviews, like well, that was where you wanted to go? Totally. Um, for me, it was, I went through college, did not know what I wanted to do, came in as an education major because I thought I wanted to be a high school principal, uh, did not want to be a teacher, just wanted to be a principal. And well, okay. those two kind of things don't really happen unless you do one, one leading right. to the other. And yeah. so <laughs> I did like one, one semester like where I went to high school and I quickly found out that that was not what I wanted to do. More power to all the <laughs> teachers out there because what you do is incredible. Yes. And so didn't want to do that. Then I went to business because I was like, business will be great took a few business classes, by far the hardest classes that I've ever taken in my entire life, quickly diverted from that plan, went to PR just because I thought, oh, PR sounds fun, why not? And yeah. so <laughs> went to PR and uh, did that for like one, maybe I think like one PR class and I thought, this is not what I want to do. Uh, and then I found journalism and journalism was what I ended up majoring in and it was, as soon as I found it, I knew this is exactly what I wanted to do it was telling stories, it was interviewing people, it was, you know, being on the front lines of, as things are happening in the world and, you know, yeah. 
so much, so much, you know, incredible things happen in the, in the field of journalism. And then more specifically, I've always loved entertainment. I've always kept up with entertainment. And I went to a conference in Atlanta with some friends and it was a conference that I thought did a really good job at merging culture um, with Christianity. And I thought, this is what I want to be a part of, you know, and I thought for the longest that I could never be a part of culture or tell the stories of culture because I work in a church or, you know, because I'm involved in ministry in some capacity. But um, I walked away from that conference believing that it's actually possible and we need more people that are willing to go and, you know, exist in culture to tell the stories of culture and see the merge between, you know, that and the church. And so that was kind of a a game, a game changer for me. And so I really kind of just jumped in head first into the world of journalism and trying to figure out, you know, how I wanted, you know, what I wanted to do within the field. And I quickly found out that I wanted to, you know, tell stories as a reporter, um, as an entertainment journalist. And so um, I just jumped straight in and started looking at internships in Atlanta as quick as I could, because obviously as, as I was hesitant to find a major. And so I had about a year and a half left of school before I, you know, locked in on journalism, which journalism is one of those fields, much like, you know, a lot of majors where you got to have um, internships to just compete right. with, you know, yeah. those that are going for the same jobs that you're going for. It's not, it's not a matter of have you went to school anymore. It's, you know, have mm-hmm. you went to school, made good grades and done internships. And so mm-hmm. even in journalism, they're looking for experience. They don't care what my GPA is. They want to know if I can shoot, if I can edit, if I could write, if I can interview people, you know, and you don't really learn that. You, you learn it a little bit in your classes, but a lot of that is real world experience. And so um, just try to find as many internships as I could. I stumbled across the Burt Show. Uh, I think I decided I changed my major on like a Wednesday. I found the Burt Show internship on like a Friday. I applied in January. (laughs) Um, I applied for the fall internship in January. FYI, would not encourage anyone to do that. Like give it some time just because no one's going to be hiring for the fall, literally in January. (laughs) Yeah. So I applied. I obviously didn't hear anything back until, uh, and the Burt Show is where I work now. It's a syndicated morning show based out of Atlanta. And I, um, Heard back in March, got the interview. I mean, I went and I got, I had a suit, I had a tie. Yes, this is a tie that I did not tie. The person that Jake created <laughs> tied it for me. And I went and borrowed a, like a messenger, brown leather messenger bag from wow. uh, a friend oh, of mine wow. who is like super <laughs> spiffy oh, and has, <laughs> literally, I was like, I'm going to get this thing. So anyways, I go and I interview in March and I literally don't hear anything back until the end of July. And they finally extended oh. the offer. Um, for me, for me to be an intern at, at the bird show. And so that was my first internship within the world, um, of media in, you know, in, in entertainment, so to speak. But along the way, I obviously was doing things like hosting, whether that was hosting for nonprofits or events at my church or, you know, big stuff, you know, summer camp, things like that, where I was kind of like, you know, flexing that muscle of trying to be a better journalist. And so I think those experience totally lended towards, you know, the success that I've been able to have within the field so far. Um, But it was definitely a journey. And I did not know going into college that I was going to be a journalist or I wanted to major in journalism. It, It took some time, but I think it was one of those things. Once I knew, I just knew. And there was there was no going back, you know, from that point forward. So it's been a fun run since then. That's awesome. And, and it's cool to kind of hear your story and hear everything click into place. And I think it goes to show you again to our listeners, like you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, there's definitely a lot of you know exploration and, and things like that that happen in college. So don't be too worried about that. And I know that's something I have a lot of um, like experience with. And I'm Blake, I've talked to you a little bit about this um, and kind of going back to what you're talking about, the intersection 
between you know culture and and ministry i remember we had a conversation uh maybe a couple months ago where you told me that um you gave me this piece of advice you said sometimes people think that the only form of ministry that you can do is working in a church which isn't necessarily always the case and uh you know charlie and i we know each other from our youth group we grew up together a little bit through there um, we both interned in our youth group last summer, and we both have this uh, kind of passion for for ministering to students. And um, I know that over my personal experience at USC, kind of juggling uh, that and everything else and uh, trying to figure out what my uh, future looks like and how my passions can kind of play into that. That's something I've been doing a lot of thinking about over the past few months. And I know it might be helpful for some of our, our college listeners and maybe even our high school listeners to hear from you and uh, your thoughts on that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I love having these conversations just because I think for me, I spent so much time trying to convince myself that, oh, I'm a Christian and I love what the church is doing and I love what the church stands for. And, you know, I feel like I have to be a part of it in that capacity by working in the church. And so I think for me, once I just kind of realized that that's actually not true. And, you know, we, we can go and, you know, tell people about Jesus and tell people about the church while not being, you know, confined within the walls of the church. And so, right. um, you know, for me, the mission and the message stay the same, regardless of wherever I'm at, you know, the same, the same thing that I'm going to tell somebody in youth group, or, you know, the same thing that I'm going to talk to a leader about within the church, someone that I respect, or someone that's looking at me for answers, that's going to stay the same across the board. Just the place in which we do it at could be different, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, somebody that I look up to so much is Jason Kennedy. Jason Kennedy is, uh, he was previously the E! News anchor um, for E! News. And mm -hmm. that's always been the goal of mine is to one day get to E! News. It's like kind of the prestige entertainment media outlet. And he held, he worked at E! News and he's still there now doing, you know, interviews, more in-depth interviews with celebrities. But uh, he's somebody who's been super outspoken about his faith. Um, but I think our faith and um, entertainment can coexist. We can right. be people of faith that are, you know, within the entertainment industry or within, you know, business or within, you know, pharmaceutical sales or, you know, nursing mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever you're doing, like, you know, the miss, the mission, I can't even say, I keep trying to say mission and message at the same time. Those two do not work. Okay. Um, <laughs> the mission and the message stay the same wherever, you know, wherever we're right. at, you know, yeah. you know, it's just, um, it just comes down to, are we going to, are we going to be willing to, to share that piece of us? And I'm not saying every day I go around and I just wave, hi, you know, let's talk about X, Y, and Z. No, that's yeah. not the case. You know, it's just, a, um, I think faith is very relational and, right. um, there's just some things that can't be shouted from stages or, you know, there, yeah. there's just some things that, and, and some messages don't have to be shouted from a stage to land. Exactly. You know, I think about, the most influential and impactful conversations that I've had surrounding faith have never happened. You know, as I sat and listened to a preacher on stage, they've right. always happened in a circle or with a mentor or with a group of friends. So yeah. that can happen anywhere in any industry, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree with you. And I feel like a lot of times the, like the, biggest way we can we can live out our faith is just simply by like loving on people just having that outward expression of faith not necessarily by by shoving anything down anyone's throats or, or you know the thing that comes to my mind is every football game at usc we walk from campus across the street uh to the coliseum and there's a guy 
without fail, every single time he's there at that busy street, there's like hundreds of people walking past him. And he has one of those signs and it's like, repent or you'll go to hell or something like that. And he's got the megaphone, the whole deal. And every time I just like, like, you've got it so wrong, man. Like, this is yeah. not, this is not how you do this. Um, no. So I think, yeah. I think it, it, it's definitely so important to, to realize that, um, faith and, 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 um, ministry is something that happens i'd say most of the time outside of the walls of the church yeah. um, and i think that's a that's an important reminder i remember having a conversation like with my dad because i want to go into youth ministry right now but before i had ever like made that decision um talking to him about like how how i wanted to take my career i remember him saying to me one time like hey you don't have to be like you don't have to go into the field of ministry to spread the like to minister to people like you know there's so many people at like my church that I just like they mentor me and they talk to me and they're not a pastor there's just a small group leader that influenced my life because of how they lived theirs you know like you know he's a computer analyst but right. he he impacted my life by how he lived out the gospel and so totally and he didn't work you know he didn't work for the church you know and so yeah. I think for me personally, once I kind of had that that revelation, I think there was just so much peace and freedom in that because I think sometimes, you know, for me personally, I kind of felt like when I interned for these different faith-based organizations, it almost kind of felt like it was, I don't want to say anybody was pushing me towards it, but it was definitely the only conversation that was being had was, hey, mm -hmm. this is this is what you do. You just take the next step in yeah. one of these organizations and you work for, you know, one of these places and this is what we're supposed to do. And I, I don't, I don't agree with that, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I hope that's helpful for somebody, but obviously, you know, each person is different. And I think at the end of the day, we're like, we're going to know where we're supposed to be when we find that place. Yeah, I think that's exactly true. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Blake, thanks so much for sharing with us today. It, it was great to hear about, you know, your time at, at Kennesaw State and hear you kind of tell us your story. And I think it's something that's going to resonate with a lot of our listeners uh, so thank you for that. And hey, if you're ever in LA, come stop by USC and we'd love to have you on the podcast anytime. Uh, this was great. Dude, I don't, I guess I just never really realized that you are, you're in LA. Like, I, I think it just kind of clicked in my mind. Like this, this is a, this is a really big deal because obviously what I said at the beginning of this podcast comes true. I'm going to need friends out there. So do you live yeah, out in gonna... LA or just go to school out there? I, so I go to school out there. Um, I'm actually back home now because of all this mess that we're in. Um, but I think starting next year, I'll probably be out there uh, year round just because of like how leasing and stuff works. But right. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm right there. South Central LA kind of. In no, no. So, okay. So let's have a quick discussion on neighborhoods. Cause I'm, I'm looking, you know, Burbank <laughs> studio city, uh, Sherman Oaks, that, that kind of Valley area, just because it seems to be okay. a little bit cheaper than Hollywood. If I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I'm not like the, absolute best person to to ask because even like I've been out there for two years now and it's all still a mess I feel like people who've lived there their whole lives don't really understand it, it's <laughs> just like a bunch of like mini suburbs and yes. almost like many cities just scattered everywhere everywhere um, but I think yeah I think you're right like Burbank Studio City that area Hollywood's ridiculous man like I don't even understand how people can afford that or, or even manage no. a lifestyle when, when we went there a couple like, at this time last year it was just we, we stayed in the Airbnb off of, you know, off of Hollywood Boulevard. And it, I just, I, there, there's no way I could ever live there. I mean, one, I need to have a car. I need to make sure I can get mm -hmm. to my car quickly and go somewhere quickly if I need to. And there, that 
quickly is not existent in no. LA. So no. <laughs> uh, I'm hearing a lot of good things about the Valley area, but dude, I'll definitely keep, keep in touch and uh, would love to hang when I get out there. And thank you for inviting me on the podcast. This is, this was awesome. I love the idea behind it. I think it's going to be super successful and help a lot of people. So shout out to you guys for, for doing it, coming up with the idea and uh, let me know if I can help in any way. Well, Thanks, man. we appreciate that. Um, in the meantime, do you want to plug anything you're working on right now and uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Man, I wish I had something I was working on right now, but I am just trying to figure out what the heck I'm supposed to be doing in terms of my career. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just taking it kind of one day at a time. You know, yeah. obviously the goal, the dream is to one day make it to L.A. Um, not sure, you know, what type of timetable that's going to be on, but you know, to keep up with everything that I'm doing, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just at Blake Eason. I have Twitter and Facebook as well, but those are, I just, I need to get better at, you know, entertaining the people on there just cause I, I don't spend much time on, on either of those platforms, but Instagram at Blake Eason, that's where it's at. Love to connect on there. And, um, that's pretty much it. So is your full tag at Blake Eason? Yep. Oh, that's I, whenever somebody has, like Woody's Twitter is at Woody Shin. I think that's one of the coolest things somebody can have about themselves. I love that you appreciate that because I do not have that on Facebook or Twitter. And that is probably why I don't spend much time on those yeah. platforms because I hate the name that I have on there and I'm going to change it because it's at the Blake Eason. And I hate that I'm one of those guys uh, that has the uh, in front of their name. Yeah. And, you know, obviously for like branding purposes, you want to kind of keep it consistent across the platforms. But yeah, I right. have, I have, I'm not proud of the fact that I have DM the guy who has at Blake Eason on Twitter. I probably DM him once a month and he never responds uh, so I'm hoping one day he'll, he'll he'll trade me but i'm open to any new name that you guys have for either of those platforms <laughs> just something to get rid of the v uh I, I have no idea but i'm the same way the the person who owns at woody shin on instagram i don't think they've posted in probably years and but that's the thing will not, like, budge. <laughs> will not budge it's just so just you know tragic yeah um, but as always, you can find us on Instagram at on the way back podcast. We, uh, we hope that all of our listeners reach out to us on Instagram. Um, always submit questions that y'all want to hear us about. And Hey, if you want to join the podcast, be a guest request it. you know, we'd love to have you anytime. Um, you got big all, shoes to fill, big shoes to fill first <laughs> guess. We're going to have to, we'll give you a, a slow takes, maybe, uh, maybe next time they'll, They'll pop oh, I know, right? I, you, you say <laughs> yeah. they have big shoes to fill. I don't think they do at all because they, if they oh, follow no. instructions, they'll be way better than I am. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Blake, thanks so much for being here. Charlie, it's a pleasure as always. Uh, make sure you tune in next time for the next episode of On, On the, the Way, way Back. back.